Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is July 9th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, is it uh, is it really July 9th? It is early on July 8th. This is a uh, full disclosure, an early Friday, or early Thursday recording. It'll probably be posted early Thursday. Early afternoon. The intro doesn't change for anything. We always, doesn't matter. It's Monday, it's Wednesday, and it's Friday, and it's that day, regardless of when we're recording. Uh... I have to get on the road. I'm driving from Ohio to Maryland. We Four drive at kids, night. Hop, so my kids in the car. We drive at night so my kids don't barf everywhere. They all get car sick, and there's less of a chance of that happening when they're asleep. So trial and error. We've had uh, trips where you know my wife said to jump in the back seat, double barrel with bags for two at a time. Catch. So we leave at night now, and uh, we're not going to record this at midnight or one Eastern whenever we get back. So this is. Four o'clock Thursday, we have a full, full first round of Scottish Open coffee golf in the books. The John Deere is ongoing. I'm sure you're thrilled, you know, on the edge of your seats about that with Ches Reeve, Camila Vajegas, early leaders. Uh, we have the U.S. Senior Open, Stephen Ames, you know, flying the flag of the, the Maple Leaf at the uh, U.S. Senior Open in Omaha, leading, I don't know, a handful of people. Uh, LPGA, <laughs> what? I mean, we, these are the eighteen-hole updates. No one cares. These uh, aren't even eighteen-hole. They're like nine-hole updates. Yeah, that's true. It's four. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, let's talk about the the tournament that has has concluded. Jack Senior, not to be confused with Jack Sophomore, Jack <laughs> Junior. Junior, Jack Freshman. You know, or Peter the... Senior. <laughs> I, I looked up. That was on a tee I'm, for me there. I'm Go not ahead. gonna lie. I legitimately looked up on Google this morning. Is is Peter Senior Jack Senior's father? <laughs> I wasn't sure. I, I mean, presumably I, I Jack familiar. Senior is Jack Junior's father, but I don't know about Peter Senior being Jack Senior's father. It gets very confusing here. Uh, he is. Our early leader at the Renaissance Renaissance Club, as they pronounce it on the broadcast and over across the pond, uh, I, uh, not much of a professional career. I was read a John Huggin piece earlier. I guess he had a decorated amateur career. Walker Cupper got to the quarter or the semis at Aaron Hills Amateur, where eventually won by you know Kelly Craft. You're not taking down a legend like Kelly Craft <laughs> at, at Aaron Hills. So he got to the quarter. I think it was Cantlay. Craft senior and somebody else who made it on tour. I can't remember who, but uh, he beat Spieth and Thomas. So kind of a kind of a, an amateur career, but that was a decade ago. So and now a lot he's of challenge. Just one shot. Of, he's one shot ahead of Justin Thomas now. A lot of challenge tour starts in the intervening ten years, I believe. Um, yeah, he's one shot ahead of J- JT Westy, who said he hasn't played much golf at all in the last I don't know since Tory Pines. Hardly played any it's golf. When he's, he's most dangerous. 
when he Cares stops less. playing. Cares less. We've got a Dietrich versus Fitzpatrick battle brewing for Big Ten Illinois. The big, uh, Illinois Big Ten team at the five under mark. The Kutsia We got George Kutsia zone. Yeah. Kutsia. You know. He's rewarding the extra 1% of people that voted for him this week. Bought more him people wandered in the Katsia zone. They may never be seen again, but more people did wander on in. You know, Ryan Palmer feels sort of like the American version, the PGA Tour version of George Katsia. Maybe I'm wrong there, that's, but they're next to each other. That's not bad. That's pretty good. A win good. or two I, here I, and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, occasional, I mean, uh, you know, popping up is, on a The thing is, Palmer's like board. a top 40 player at this point. <laughs> that's true. It's That's kind of true. ridiculous. Like, I feel like he's the most nondescript top 40 player in the world. He's 36. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I was going to yeah. ask you this because I saw him on the leaderboard. What's if, that? Of any player, I thought he might have been still top 30. I just saw he's 36. Of any player in the top 40, is he the least exciting person that would win the Open? Like, I the think. Scottish Open or the look, British Open? Or British both? Open. British uh, either uh, British Open. I mean, of it's any anything. top forty of any top forty player, is he the least exciting? Now, I will present. I'll present the counter. These I, these are the people that I really believe are the counters. Kevin Na at forty. DWD backed out today. Uh, Corey Connors at thirty-seven. I'm going to make all of Canada mad. Oh my God, that's not going to go well. Okay. Co-crack at 24. Co-crack's got a little bit of flair, flavor, but okay. All right. Casey at 20. Eh. Casey, you'd have I, like I don't think old. at that point, there's no other options. Yeah. Palmer, I think, is the, the number one, the, the top option for that award. The least exciting uh, top 40 winner. I think you could even extend it to top 50. You, I'm sure you could. There's got to be some more options in that 10, that extra Maybe 10. even top Why 60. <laughs> Charlie Hoffman he, gets into the top 60. That, that might be the one that, uh, that stops Even it. he's better than Palmer to me, but it's all subjective, I suppose, a matter of Br- taste. Brian Harmon in there, 45. 46. This is the Open Championship preview show. Least exciting winner. Hey, Jeff Winter took Rory to the woodshed. Dustin. Dustin. (laughs) Low former Masters winner. Four under for Winter. A Dane. Oliver, the orphan. Oliver Farr, the low orphan category. The Welshman. Four under. I don't know if he's a wee Welshman. A little like Oliver. Uh, Food, glorious food, but... I feel like all a, Olivers should be we people. I think that's right. Except Oliver Miller. The or hefty Ali center Osborne. for the Suns. <laughs> Ali Osborne. The Oliver Farr. Oh, now we're talking about we Welshman. I got a message the other day from a listener. I don't know if he wants me to use his name. Preston. And he was watching an old, like, mid-90s Open Championship. And they... T- <laughs> I hadn't heard this one. They referred to Ian Woosnam as... <laughs> The pocket battleship. Such a good... He's just a pocket battleship. Such a good derogatory, evocative nickname. 
Uh, do you have anything else from how, the Scottish show? Yeah, Open? how about how about a Vel a Velro Kuros uh, on the leaderboard? The big Q. Like there was a decade ago where he was this total unicorn. This guy could carry it three hundred yards, murders the ball, murders it in a lot of different directions, if I recall correctly. Cover a golf digest like this gonna be this, you know, complete changing the game and I don't know, it never never kinda took hold. He's he's st- he's stuck on the European tour for got what it, it's worth. Got up to twenty one in the world. I just don't understand how he's what he, how he's still got status. Like what? How's he getting into this tournament? I, I just you know I remember he was in the mix at the at the Valderrama tournament maybe last year, but well, like you just never see these. him. He just probably feasts at some of these kind of like one million euro events, you know, p- purse events. He probably does okay there, kind of hands on. I don't know. There's something to be said for that. He's. Did you see? Go ahead. He's had f- four top tens in the last four years. <laughs> oh man, is that true? Not playing. I mean, the, you know, two two runner ups, two runner ups, and two thirds. They've been legit top tens, but like okay. He's not playing the heavy, the heavy hitter fields, strength of fields. Either. Yeah, that's what. How do you point. get in this Rolex event? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, do you think he's I still a say, draw? Do you think people are still excited? Like I, when I st- see him on the leaderboard, I get excited. I do too. Got twenty-one like, in oh, the world. The big Q. I love Alvaro Quiros is like a, I don't know, a relic of some sort. Not my childhood, but. A decade ago, I suppose. Some point in my life, I was captivated by Elvaro Quiros. He kind he of was like, like a, he was kind of like the champ. international Hank Keeney. Remember Hank Keeney? <laughs> yeah. He kind yeah. of was like the the next iteration of Hank Keeney. Yeah. I think I referred to him as like millennial camp champ or something on one of the, I, I don't remember, one of these podcasts we've done where he like murders the ball and became this fascination, made covers for it, and then just like, the rest of it may not have all been up to up to snuff. I don't know. Camp Champs won on the PJ Tour, though. I guess. Yeah, um, Giving Camp what? Champ a bad. I mean, I mean, yeah. Camp Champ never got to twenty one in the world. That's true. Not yet, anyways. Um, I mean, the big Q has right. won eight times. We have a tie for low Scott, Richie Ramsey, Grant Forrest, Scott Hend is also included. Dick Ramsey's awesome. playing good golf. Yeah, he played well last week. Playing well again this week. I just got to say, um, golf felt all the way back this morning when I I know people talk about the fans coming back at PGA and elsewhere, uh, and that is part of it too. But like, that felt like real, real coffee golf. There's something to be said about all the sort of externalities of it. Aside from the actual golf, it's the the accents, it's the tone, it's the level the the level of volume on the broadcast it's of course the visuals of seaside links golf um it's the time of day we get to watch it around on the east coast or whatever in the united states um and this was like obviously a very very strong field it's appointment viewing by 8 a.m i just uh it felt really really good it felt like it was fully back uh and of course that will even be amped up further next week with the open championship which we we missed both of these last year so it's such a just it 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 changes the dynamic it's just a welcome sort of respite or welcome sort of break from i mean not to go back to an old old beat a dead horse but it's a it's a welcome break from the constant 
you know, FedEx Cup updates and the constant visuals of a PGA Tour event. It just feels different, and it feels great to have the best in the world. I don't know. I woke up, it was Thomas, Rom, and uh, Rory going off. And uh, everything about it just is makes you feel warm and fuzzy. So I'm excited to have Lynx Golf back. Uh, what do you, uh, you know, I think that, like, the volume of the telecast, there's something about it. It's just the... the I feel like the announcers are less in your face, which makes for like a more pleasurable experience. They did have some American on there that I, I don't know if he's been working all year, but he, he was noticeably sort of not great. I, I, I don't know who it was. Uh, maybe a J, I thought they said his name. The vo- voice sounded familiar. But other than that, yes, the, the volume level is just fantastic. And uh, the accents are welcome at that point time of day for us early morning you don't need bob parsons shouting at you although you still get a lot of him in the commercial breaks uh it was great it's great morning viewing it's a perfect way to start the day it was uh it was great i i liked watching you know it's just fun to watch the golf on on a golf course where the ball bounces and rolls along and trundles along the turf and uh you know, just some neat little things. Like I picked up on like the, I think it's the second hole. It was the second or third hole, but it was great. I woke up and, you know, Rom and JT and Rory were going out, two of which played really well. Um, it's kind of like a ship's passing in the night moment, I felt like. Out there. Like the ship that JT came <laughs> over on and that artist trying. Apparently it was going the wrong way. I'm not a, I'm not a nautical expert, but apparently it was drawn as going against the wall. I don't know, against the... We're hearing rumors that there was a PXG hat on a certain player that wasn't supposed to have a PXG hat on. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. But it was was so bad, it was good. Oh, really? Uh, On on Billy Ho, the baton boy? I think so. I think so. That's why he got the Velocity Global hat on. Uh, I was also, you know, do you think Ryan Palmer took offense that he wasn't included in it? Do you no. think that's what was the bulletin board material? I never got to my point on the second hole, though. It yeah, was so go ahead. It's like a short little par four, and, you know, there's all this space right, and it's neat. You know, one of the things with Doka, they had the pin right, and it makes the hitting it right off the tee so inviting. But then, like, it's just such a hard little spot to get up and down from. Um, JT hit like, yeah, I think watching JT around the greens is one of the most fun things to do because he hits mm-hmm. so many shots. I have to, you know, give him a lot of credit. Oh. Like he's not yeah. like the, he might be hitting them all with the same club, but he's got the low runner, the low skipper. He hits the high shots, but like, it's not always just like a lot of these guys. It's just the same shot over and over and over again. And they just perfect the one shot. Out, and then they obviously have different shots for different circ- circumstances. But if you put them on short grass, they're going to hit like that same pretty. Sh- and and JT has so many. It, and he, what I love is he hits them in different spots. Like he hits those skippers like off of like little ridges. And but anyways, he had he was right. Rory was like just you know left of him, and like you could tell like there's all this space right but it's just impossible a little up and down from over there and rory who was left and you know kind of on line with the green had like an easy little two putt from off the green but anybody that missed right had this really really difficult slick chip um and it's a little thing like that that you know if you're not going to see if you just are like looking at a picture but then watching the shots it's it's just fun to watch play out and the golf course they switched around the routing um the really 
neat holes on the water and out 10 through 13, which was, which was great. I think they made that change last year, but the year before that was when they were one through four Starting, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was neat to see those kind of come down the stretch and should make for really good watching on the weekend. Yeah, Scheffler had one. It might have been two. I'm not sure. Whether they call it like an an old head on young shoulders as he like used the slow. I was like, well, he's just like really good. He's really good at golf. He's kind of like play the throw it off the backboard and bring it bring the ball back down, uh, you know, uh, to the pin. Um, so yeah, that was cool. It was cool to watch some of the shot making around the green. Per usual, that that is what you know part and parcel with links golf and watch. Well, what we'll get uh, this week and next. Anything else? From the I wonder if show? it's going to blow the rest of the week. I haven't done any investigative reporting into the <laughs> rever, uh, the weather. I, I'm not sure about this week. Early signs for next week are sunny and not a lot of wind. So, you know, 10, 10 to 12 kind of at most. Um, Do you think Westy's going to get it done this week? Not next week. <laughs> I mean, Westy's not played good since the players, more or less. Honda was wash. I don't think he, he played time well. off. Yeah, he's had. This could, I mean, that was. I was February. Golf's greatest golf greatest round. The 2011 uh, Open was on last night, and I was yeah. watching it, and I kind of yep. started to think. I was like, man, there's some Westy Darren Clark parallels. What? Oh, like the late the, when yeah. nobody expected it. Royal St. George's, sort yeah. of the, the party boy. Then, then both with Chubby Chandler. Then they were both close. I think at that point. Oh, there's a know. lot of Chubby talk coming down this stretch. How Chubby was gonna cry because of the, you know, the you know, he brought glass, yeah. sunglasses for his tears. But you know, you know that's that that ended badly. Westy and Chubby. Yeah, I don't know. Taking some money. I don't. Know. I don't know what happened. They're not longer together. I don't know. Maybe some horses were involved. I have no idea. Um, all right. Let's Could move be part on. of Westy's late late career search. Yeah. Yep. News. We aren't going to talk about Rom. Rom's right there too. You know. What? What? Yeah, he's number one player in the world. He's played well. How do you he's think? Good. R- do you think Rory like looks on and envy when he plays with JT and and Rom and thinks, man, that used to be me. I think it doesn't make it easier. I don't know if it's, he looks on with envy, but I, I don't think it makes it any easier for him. Um, I don't know. I, I don't do you think know what's Je- going Rory on. should they should just start pairing him with guys like Jeff Winther? Winther. Well, that could be even more disheartening if he gets his ass kicked every day, every time by Winther, as opposed to you know Rama J. Maybe Coach. Maybe. What about Coatsia? <laughs> I don't know if he could handle Coatsia. You don't want to get lost in that vortex. All right, let's move on to news. What a on leaderboard, open, though. I mean, it's it's loaded. It's fantastic. I, I don't want to fluff it too much, but I, I woken up this morning it was just perfect. I had a full cup of coffee, and it was just it was exactly what you want. It's exactly what we talk about. We waking up to Westy polishing this, off a of, of six birdie, no bogey, sixty five. Yeah. Like it was just wonderful. It should be on earlier than 8 Eastern. I just, uh, like, why can't we see more more of that early, ahead of those, like, afternoon tea times? Um, all right, news. We have our first, not our first, but our most recent Open Championship passes. Kevin Na, travel, taking a, just taking a pass. Says he, you know, I don't know, there were travel restrictions. Not going. 
His replacement, Cam Davis, also not going, which is this is wild. Curious because he's you know kicking ass right now on the course. Had another sixty-eight or sixty-seven at the John Deere today after winning the Rocket Mortgage. Played well like all year, kind of as we talked about. But he has to pass. Can't do it. Martin Keimer takes his spot. Cam Davis can't go because he got married to an American. He's apparently applying for a green card, which puts some sort of like six-month travel ban on you. And so he's can't make the trip playing some of the maybe the best golf he'll ever play, and he cannot go to the Open Championship. So don't get married. I guess maybe the lesson in all of this, <laughs> or don't marry an American where you got to get a green card or apply for a green card. I don't know. I, I feel bad for Cam Davis. It's just that's a shitty circumstance. Like such bureaucratic, unnecessary. Like if it's your job, you're a professional athlete. You should be allowed to go away for a week. Anyways, Martin Keimer is in. Other news. How, how, how about Kevin yeah. Tway and Cameron Champion tied? How about that? I don't have anything to add. Is that the John Deere? Or is that a minor league yeah. golf tour event? Okay. John Deere. Tway. Twice, twice on his way back. Gaines might still get to that five five win total that I predicted. Years that ago, was ridiculous. <laughs> Five still time. There's still time. He's making me believe again. Uh, do you have anything on on Silvis you want to add? If he were now we're half a round through. Okay. I don't Other think news. I have anything. I don't have anything more to add than I had on Wednesday. <laughs> Other news: NBC will be doing a remote broadcast of the Open Championship. More or less remote. Few guys on the ground. This was big, uh, big news for people that get into you know that, that you know golf Twitter that we cover. Get into the coverage. Cover the coverage. Um, seems like they're gonna be doing it all out of production trucks out of Stanford. Joel Beal had an article. I don't know if anybody else did, but I'm sure that's out there now. Um, yeah, like Bones. Few guys will be on the ground. Everything else, production. Tommy Roy. Everybody's gonna be in Stanford. The feed is the world feed. Roy had a quote that I, I saw Shackelford picked up about just, you know, he's not gonna be able to build the stories or tell the narratives he wants to tell because they're doing the world feed. Which the world feed may be right up our alley. You gotta get a look. I think so too. You could get maybe Jeff Winther if he qualifies off this the reserve list. This could be like the best week. thing that's ever happened to the Open. Is that the Tommy Roy doesn't get the opportunity to build his stories, doesn't get to do a fluff piece on you know. They don't have those like. I, I those guess like the Mike Davis pre- fluffers are done. Pre-produced stuff like, you know, the puppet Rory down by the Ferris wheel at Port Rush and these like these little gags they do coming in and out or talking about the pub Could and all that stuff just golf yeah that well they do the world feed they have in the past i think for the the super early like till i don't know 4 a.m eastern or 5 6 a. and it's just it bounces around all over the place you might have a guido migliazzi right in your sandy face Lyle. all of a sudden yeah just not sandy in his merchandise tent apparel, <laughs> working his way around. The world feed could be interesting. Might be a little jarring, but anyways, best What's of luck. What's schedule going to be? Are we, are we getting up deliriously I early? Know. I don't know. I'm not even sure what the NBC schedule is. But I, 
I don't know. Should we do up all night for the open again? Remember that? Should I fly out to 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 Maryland? To Maryland, New York. Up all we could do an East up Coast all, up, up all, all night. Up all night for the open with poor ass four kids. You could do that. That will be up. That's for sure. They'll be up. Musical beds at night. You can, uh, yeah. Well, every time everybody gets up, you start recording a new room. Um, all right. And then I don't know what else. The reserve list. I saw alternate list. They're like just taking guys who play well at the Scottish Open. So a lot more on the line this week, maybe, because because of all the protocols and all the hoops you got to jump through internationally. Like if you're some Jamoke that plays well at the Scottish Open, you might be an alternate. That was Jeff Winther. Yeah, right. All of a sudden, you know, make the trip down to uh, Sandwich, England, and be around, hang around. So a little bit adds the stakes again this week uh, at the it's Scottish big, Open. Big, uh, big stakes for Jack Senior. That's true too. That's, I, I suspect he's in if he actually wins it. But um, all right, let's move on. Should we do Precision Pro Flashback Friday? Yeah, we're focused a little bit it. on the Scottish Open. This is uh, brought to you as it is all year by Precision Pro, the rangefinder of the Shotgun Start. You can order them at PrecisionProGolf.com. The promo code is Shotgun Twenty. You get twenty dollars off an NX an NX Nine Slope. Addition, if you, you're allowed to use slope, you can turn slope off as well. $20 off using Shotgun 20, the best customer service in the uh, business, in my opinion, which, you know, I don't have an extensive working knowledge of the customer service in the, this category. But they send you extra if you're an idiot and you order it to the wrong address. You got Eric on the other line answering emails, calls. He's a real-life person. They got free lifetime battery replacement. This is kind of a, I don't know. It's an, it's 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 an accessory you need in your bag these days, especially at this cost. It's, you don't need it. I, I, I'm not going to go that far. Look, I know they're a sponsor. You don't need it, but it's close to a must-have, especially at this cost, where you're not. Especially if you're lazy sh- too, shelling out an arm and a leg for something. It's like it's something you could use multiple times on every single hole, which maybe you wouldn't use for a driver, right? Driver, you don't use yeah. every hole, and they're trying to replace those. They want you to buy a new one every six months out there. This free lifetime battery replacement, you use it actually every hole, so invest in it. And these are actually like, there's good value. It's not a ridiculous cost, not a ridiculous price, and uh, it's something that you will use probably in every round. All right, thanks to Precision Pro, precisionprogolf.com. The uh, promo code is SHOTGUN20. All right, let's go to a Scottish Open. Scottish Open-themed... If you can't tell, this is a big Scottish Open week. I guess we're not doing much on the U.S. Senior Open. Although, I did watch a little U.S. Senior Open this afternoon. I was like in the gym. I got caught in in between. Yeah, Scottish and deer (laughs) stuff. I saw Monty, who's about to be the subject of Flashback Friday. Just Monty. uh, Monty stopped reading the uh, calorie counts on the back of the pizza box again. You know, the frozen pizza, you know, he thought was uh, per pizza. And it was actually per slice. So he ate the whole pizza thinking, you know, that's all. He, he's put on the pounds again, but he absolutely just flushed like some fairway would. And, you know, Monty has one of the all-time great sort of unique signifying recoils, you know, where he follow like, through. Yeah. Yeah. Follow, but then like comes back down like the straight arm and back up. It's like it's really beautiful to watch. You know it's going to be good, and you of course like stoned it with this fairway wood. Uh, I love that sort of 
follow through recoil move that he's got going. And that's, that's my U S senior open coverage. That's all I really saw. Uh, I enjoyed that shot. All right, let's do a, uh, the flashback on the aforementioned Monty. We'll go to 1995. All right. Spotlight candidate. Done. He did. He was the first one. First I want to do a little Scottish Open like background. So Okay. Like we think of this as a law national open. It's not quite that. Like, granted, they also have the oldest major championship hosted like more than half the time. But its best venues are in Scotland, right? Like maybe the best golf course in the world, the old course, you know, like it has that to hang its hat on. So I'm not trying to like knock the Scottish open, but it's not really this national open with history in the way of like a Canadian open. So like it's, yeah. Or an Irish open or an Irish. It's gone by a million different names in 1974. The tournament was canceled because they could not arrange for tournament uh, for television coverage. Uh, For a while, it was just like, the Lock Lock Lomond Championship, World Invitational, Lock Lomond World Invitational. So it's not just been this sort of pure and clean Scottish National Open. Um, and the first Scottish Open wasn't until 1972. There were previous events of the same name at Glen Eagles going back to 1935, but it's just got this sort of uneven history. Even at one point when they sort of revived it in uh, in 1986, uh, they added it to the European tour uh, calendar, but <clears throat> like there were two, oh, I'm sorry, 1997, the Scottish Open, the the, the week before the uh, Open Championship, that primo spot the week before the Open, was it was taken by the Loch Lomond World Invitational. Uh, so that became the new Scottish Open. It was just the top 60 in the world rankings. So 97 to 2000, Loch Lomond was played the week before the Open. And they did not use the Scottish Open name, which because the rights to the Scottish Open were owned by ISM. I think that's the uh, Chubbies, aforementioned Chubbies group. From mm-hmm. 01, it was decided that Loch Lomond would be known as the Scottish Open, and all prior editions, including the 96 event, would be granted Scottish Open status. So it resulted in the anomaly of there being two Scottish Opens in 96. September 1996 event, um, and then like the the normal summer one, so it's got like just a, a sort of I don't want to say checkered, but uneven history. It's not this sort of clean, unified history all through. You know, from they the early nineteen hundreds, who we think they are, right? But we're going back for this specific flashback. More dive down into nineteen ninety five Scottish Open when their favorite son, no no player from Scotland had won the Scottish Open. And then Mati comes along. He's obviously just Order of Merit 93, Order of Merit 94, just this great world player, uh, bursts onto the scene. 95, he's all there. It's, he's just playing some of the best golf of his career. Uh, and this is a Tim Rosefort article for Sports Illustrated, the title of which would not clear, you know, would not clear the editor's desk nowadays. Heavy Duty is the title. As corpulent Colin Montgomery learned at the Scottish Open, living up to one's own expectations and those of a nation as well can be a weighty matter. I think that's at least three references to his weight. Heavy Duty, Corpulent, and Weighty Matter. So uh, in one title to his physique. All right. Here's the lead. 
Ireland's Waterford Regional Airport, the pilot, anxious to start his prop engines, sitting forlornly on the airplane's steps, impatiently checking his gold watch, still trying to get over what had just happened to him in the recent Irish Open, was Colin Montgomery. The burly Scot had chartered the flight home to England and offered to lift his Surrey neighbor, Sam Torrance. The day had gone according to plan. Monty would have held on to his third-round lead at Mount Juliet, which we just reacquainted with. Then jumped into the plane and whooshed home to the suburbs of London, celebrate with his wife, Emer, two-year-old daughter. But Monty stumbled home in 73, finished fourth. Now he's stuck waiting for the winner. Ironically, the hitchhiking Torrance, who had hands to shake and a trophy to collect. Quote, I told Sam I'd wait for him, Montgomery explained later. I didn't realize how long I'd have to wait. So just a uh, chasing Monty waiting on his plane. He blew it. The just guy who's sit- giving a He was just sitting there, sitting there stewing after blowing a lead and having to wait for the guy that won. That's so good. So that's the Irish Open. It's setting the scene. Corey Pavin has just won at at, uh, at Shinnecock. So that made Monty, according to Rose Support, bestowed Monty with the golf's most detested title, highest-ranked player, never to have won a major. So he finished, <clears throat> finished, blows at the Irish Open. He goes to Carnoustie, where they have the Scottish Open. Again, Scottish Open... Not like a lot of Loch Lomond in there. A lot of Glen Eagles in there. Not a ton of uh, not a ton of Carnoustie. Ghislaine, they just started going back to. I think 15 was the first time they went. Brandon Stone won it then uh, the second time. So it's, it's just not. It's a lot of Loch Lomond. This one, though, 95, Carnoustie. He finished third at four strokes behind Wayne Riley. Radar, I believe now, as he's known as Sky Sports of Australia. And two back in Nick Faldo. Fourth at the Irish. Third at the Scottish, going to a major would have been taken as a positive sign by most players, not Monty. To him, they indicated an inability to close the deal, to finish strongly, to win. Quote, I decided to throw the Irish Open down the pan when I got home. I threw down the suitcase, threw my clothes out, and was thoroughly obnoxious, calling himself obnoxious. I had that championship to lose, and I lost it. Quote, Obnoxious behavior has long been associated with Montgomery, and there were moments at Carnoustie in the Scottish Open when his boorishness came shining through, particularly during the final two rounds when he could not make a putt of consequence as his chance of becoming the first Scotsman to win the country's national Open slipped away. Quote, I'm hitting the ball well enough to win next week. That's obvious, but my putting is desperate, to say the least. You can't win tournaments doing that. You can't even finish second. <clears throat> this is good. So he really, I mean, this was less a Sunday collapse, like at the Irish Open the week before and more a Saturday. Actually, the end had come the day before on Saturday during a summer rainstorm, tied for the lead at the halfway point. Montgomery took 36 putts and shot 75 to drop oh six God. behind radar. Uh, this was not the type of golf expected from Europe's number one, not by long shot, although he trails Faldo by five shots in the Sony ranking. So, there were like different metrics, right? The Sony ranking, Faldo was ahead, but you know, Europe's number one. He was considered Monty had just won the Order of Merit in the last two, uh, the preceding two years. But to himself, he has become a big disappointment. "Quote: I two putted every green, every green," he said contemptuously, spitting out the words. The third round is the most important round, and I've blown it again. Is the third round the most important round? And I've blown I think it they're again. all equally important, but the third round does carry some weight, you know? Quote, this is the most disappointing day I've ever had on a golf course. 75 is hopeless. 
ever third round of a uh, Scottish ever. Open. I mean, I feel like that he used that probably more than once. He was. This is so good. He was particularly particularly displeased by the bogey made at the par five eighteenth. His three wood from two twenty faded into the berry burn. To make matters worse, it wasn't until Montgomery had stalked over the stone bridge near the green that he was informed of the fate of his ball by a rules official whose job it was then to indicate the ball's point of entry into the hazard. So he didn't know from 220 it faded into the bird. <laughs> rules official goes, tells him where it entered. Quote, all right, hurry up, hurry up. I'm in no mood. Just tells him to get the hell out of it. Montgomery barked as he stormed back over the bridge. Dropped a new ball, two chipped on and two putted for the offending six. All right, all right, hurry up. I'm in no mood. Just shouted at this guy to get out of his way. Stop talking to him. A rules I, official that's just trying to, yeah. try to just doing his job. I'm just doing my hurry job up. here. Hurry up, hurry up. I'm in no mood. I finished out in style, he said sarcastically, before stomping away from reporters. No one dare to follow. But this is how he started the Scottish after blowing it with the 75 on Saturday. He opened with eight birdies and a 64. Carnoustie, 64. That tied the course record. Uh, he was nine under after 40. 40 holes. Um, double bogey the fifth. Made a bad bogey at the par five sixth, which is that Hogan's alley is sixth at Carnoustie yeah. or five? Six, right? Six. Uh, when his three-wood second sliced into the gorse near the green, an extensive search of the pricklers produced five balls before a spectator found Monty's title list. After the round, Monty went out of his way to praise the helpful fan. I don't know how out of his way he went. He went in there with only a T-shirt, said Monty. I think he drew blood. He saved me at least a shot. I didn't get his name, but I'm truly grateful. I didn't get his name. I think he drew blood. Monty apparently wouldn't go into the gorse in a T-shirt, but he was happy. Uh, this was at a point where he was trying to reinvent himself as sort of being this, you know, prickly sort. He didn't exactly come off that way at this time. He was welcoming the, the prickliness. Yeah, well, somewhat. Uh, the reinvent, this was the reinvented Monty speaking, the man who went on a public relations campaign to change his image as a petulant, spoiled rich kid. It wasn't just the notorious London tabloids that dogged him. After Golf Digest painted an unflattering picture of, quote, Big Bad Monty in 1994 that dragged up all the dirt of his storming off golf courses hither and yon, starting at age 16 in the Scottish Boys, Monty made a conscious effort to cease being the, quote, Big Baron, or baby, as the Scots called him. That is easier said than done, he says. But in my defense... I would say that I was never being anything else except too hard on myself. I know there were certain cases when my behavior came across as unacceptable. You could say that I've had a face full of expression. And when I hit a bad shot or play a bad round, I think you'd guess as much from looking at me. I think it shows that I'm human. The fact is that I have fantastic desire to succeed. Writers have been especially cruel when describing Montgomery's physique. This is like, I mean... Early 90s to mid 90s, I've read several articles. I mean, they just like, there was no filter when it came to writing about players, especially their physique. So, with a full head of hair, this is the froze for a full head of wiry blonde hair and a body that could stand a trip to Jenny Craig. The sixth one, 240 pound Montgomery has often been called Little Lard Fauntleroy of the Lynx. Little Lard Fauntleroy of the Lynx. 
When he shows up in dark clothing, he is routinely likened to the pint of Murphy's Irish Stout. <laughs> oh, God. God. His girth explains why he prefers a sweater when others are in polo shirts to canvas the excess baggage. Oh, my God. This is published in Sports Illustrated. He's an easy target among his peers. Faraday, the sharp-witted Irishman, once described him as that of a warthog after a bit a wasp, his face, that of a warthog. Some people may give you the impression that they don't like him, but he's good value, Faraday ad. He says some daft things. I'm not sure if it's such a good idea that he's changing his image. I kind of like his image. He's Monty. People used to complain about McEnroe, too. With Monty, what you see is what you get. So there was just all this sort of blowback about him winning the Scottish Open. They, they were kind of hard on him because like, he was born in Glasgow, raised, but raised in Yorkshire. We did this, obviously, mm-hmm. in his, his spotlight. Please go back and listen to the spotlight. Educated at, you know, we went to Houston. You know, they just thought he was sort of like, you know, his private school rearing, his father's position as secretary at Royal Troon, you know, one of the country's elite golf clubs. You know, the Scots are a no-nonsense people, quick to pick up on the quirks of character, real or perceived. Uh, and Monty provided, quote, plenty of ammunition for their sarcasm. He hopes the new Monty has won them over. I think in the past I tried too hard. Now, if there is such a thing, I'm trying easy. Shades of uh, Westie trying to do it. So um, there was also this anecdote in 1992 Scottish Open trying to become so hard the first Scott to ever win it. He showed up in 1992 at Glen Eagles with uh, wearing the St. Andrews flag and blossomed across <laughs> his blue sweater. <laughs> <laughs> but he got beat. He shot 65, got beat by Peter Amell. But then in this one, it's like there's so much pressure to win his home event at Carnoustie. Uh, he wanted it almost as much as a major. Despite his abrasive, abrasiveness, the Scots have made him our Monty, quote, our Monty, the best golfer in a country desperately looking for a champion. Sandy Lyle, <clears throat> you know, had won two majors. Torrance was showing signs of life again. Uh, there was a 6'8 British amateur champion named Gordon Sherry who finished fifth in this Scottish Open. But it was all like, those were the names that kind of passed and maybe future, but it was all on Monty. As I keep improving, the sport increases and expectations increase. There are a few have bet quite a bit of money on me as well. So he never, he didn't get it done in 95. I'll, I'll add a little bit postscript on 1999. He does win. It wasn't known as that. I mean, it, it became known as the Scottish Open. It was the Loch Lomond what was it called? Standard Life Loch Lomond. He won in 1999. So he wins it. It's like one of his great rounds ever. Um, he took uh, he took the title. Then, of course, Paul Laurie. Paul Laurie won at Carnoustie, the Open, the next week. So it was like this mm-hmm. great two weeks for Scottish golf. Um, he beat rookie Sergio in 99 sure, with yeah. a glorious 64. So he turned a four-shot deficit into a three-stroke, vic- three-stroke victory, Monty did. He started and finished with bogeys. He had a run of nine birdies in 12 holes in the middle of his round to finally achieve an individual victory on his native Scottish soil. Quote, how could I possibly feel any better than I do right now? He said after his final round. I can only go into the open with the confidence, and that's what many players can't say. I just feel very proud right now to one on the western coast of Scotland, where I'm from. Of all the victories, I think that's 20 now. This has to be the most special. I definitely knew how many. This is a Derek Clements article. Um, it was, t- uh, but Sergio, there was a little bit, this was interesting. Westy started the day with a one shot lead. So like a little preview. He was looking for so, a back to back. Westy, like, you know, we don't have the full sort of 20 years of major championship uh, 
scar tissue yet. Sergio's just bursting onto the scene. Monty's sort of had almost like six, seven years of being, you know, a tease at majors, but also immensely successful at the European Tour. Just kind of a cross-generational clash in 99. Uh, Sergio said it was tough because Monty played great today. I looked at the scoreboard. He was just making birdies and birdies and birdies. He played marvelous, and I congratulate him. Although the two, Monty, the two sort of tempestuous, Monty and Sergio of uh, different generations, had a little bit of a dust-up early in the week. This is a Jaime Diaz article. When Colin Montgomery weighed in after his final round 64 overtook Garcia at Loch Lomond for the three-shot win, there was an additional point he had to make. Quote, Garcia has raised the bar in Europe just as Woods did in America. Said Monty was closing in on seventh consecutive order of merit, seven in a row, which, of course, we went into in great detail in the spotlight. He's raised the bar in Europe just as Woods did in America. They are very similar in character, in ability, and in their effect on other players. I played extra well today in part because I knew it was Garcia that I would have to beat. Maybe a quote that looked good in 1999. Similar their effect on others on the leaderboard, but kind of didn't come to fruition. Interestingly, interestingly, Montgomery had affirmed Garcia's elevated status in a very different way two days earlier. Unprompted, the Scotsman used a post-round press conference to scold the young Spaniard for being impertinent enough to agree with a questioner that his first round 62, Garcia's first round 62, which he parred the last three, could have been a 59. Quote, I'm not here to say, here's Monty. Quote, I'm not here to say I'm going to break 60, that's for sure. Clucked Montgomery before a question could be asked. Garcia was taken aback by the rebuke, pointing out he had never said he should have shot 59. I just love that little pissing match. Not the biggest one, but a minor little Monty pissing match. He had to say, I'm not here to say I'm going to break 60, that's for sure, before anyone even asked him a question. Anyways, he shoots 64 on Sunday. Finally becomes the first Scott to win. uh, You know who also finished second that year? Uh, there were two Swedes. Matt Lawner. Not Longer. Yeah. Not Longer. L O N N E R. L O N N E R. I was wondering how you would uh how you'd spell that. It's actually L A L A N N E R. Lanner. So that's a little flashback Friday on the Scottish Open. A little bit of history, a little bit of Monty chasing officials back over the Barry Bird. A little bit of a pissing match with Sergio when he finally did win it in 99. So What a delightful uh, Flashback that, Friday. Of course. I'll, any Monty flashback is good good stuff. All right. Anything else before we sign off for the week? Hopefully we're just uh, thinking back to when Peter Sr. Or J- Jack Sr. <laughs> Jack <laughs> Sr. Broke through. All right. Everyone enjoy your weekends. Uh, pick up some Bixby coffee. For next week, if you can't, local yeah. stores down on the corner. No. no Subscribe no. at BixbyCoffee.com. We get, we get a portion of the proceeds of the of the shotgun start blend and the Westy Island blend help us out and make this podcast possible. So please, if you're if you're in the market for some coffee, please uh please consider purchasing our blend. We also may have some uh Slovakian themed Olympics apparel coming. We'll see. Very excited about this. All right, everyone enjoy your weekends. We'll be back with you on Monday, Major Championship Week.